0: Welcome back to Vulcan Hello, the Incomparables Star Trek Discovery Flashcast. I almost forgot what it was called. Mm. I am Scott McNulty, uh, and I am joined, as always, by Jason Snell. Hello, Jason.
1: Hello, Scott. This podcast is only 54% downloaded. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh that's a reference to uh mm-hmm. perpetual infinity the uh, 11th see i wrote down the number this time yeah, hopefully good, i'm right the 11th job. episode of star trek discovery see i'm learning mm-hmm. uh, how to do this whole podcast thing uh i have people who listen may not know this and may not believe me when i say this but i do take notes as i'm watching despite my general uh befuddlement on these podcasts uh but you know what helps me
1: uh, even more than notes jason some delicious tea oh yes tea is excellent and our sponsor is the new mexico tea company uh and they've got uh they've got some star trek themed mixes as well as a bunch of delightful stuff i just drank some uh some new mexico tea company tea i drank some Kel- kenyan lalsa earlier i drank some Ooh. english breakfast earlier i had t- i made two teas this morning uh, because <gasps> i needed the You're caffeine. Slash TV. I think you can do T E E V E E or TV, and it'll mm-hmm. all redirect you to the place where there's a code. I think it's Trek. You get fifteen percent off. You can fill out our survey because we are going to do a game show later this year entirely star trek themed and uh we thank them for being our uh, our sponsors for this entire season which is getting closer to the end i think yes. we have three left after this one
0: it's it's uh getting elderly long in the tooth mm-hmm. this season is uh it's uh, a but, walrus uh, speak- <laughs> that's right speaking of walruses it's
1: also our membership drive excellent <laughs> Excellent, yes. Yes, the membership drive. We did some things for the membership that we should leave. Like, If you're not a, an Incomparable member, you can donate to any podcast that you want, uh, as many as you want on the network, including TV, which is where this one lives, mm-hmm. by going to theincomparable.com slash members, and you get some uh, benefits for being a member. You get to be in our little Slack group where we talk about things, and people tell us that the Orville is good, and we say, no, mm-hmm. we <laughs> do not agree with you, and they we say, it's fine, you can like what you like, because those are very nice people, and it's a very nice yes. Slack group uh but for them and and just for them but uh, at request of others we did watch a two-part episode of the orville Uh, it didn't go well but uh there's an episode (laughs) and you can listen to it uh and if you love the orville maybe don't listen to it but we did that and that's a member bonus Mm -hmm. and then and then a delightful three-part series speaking of star trek where uh, we do Star Trek, the role-playing game, and you are the, uh, the game master. And the USS Incomparable, which I am the captain of, I'm an Andorian captain, Captain Thoros. And we have an adventure near the neutral zone, because the USS Incomparable, it's just patrolling that neutral zone.
0: Somebody's got to do it. And
1: there's Romulans, and, and there's, a, there's a mystery on a planet And it's a three-part thing, a (laughs) three-part episode that I got to name like the sub-episodes of, which was very fun, and I got to Mm -hmm. download about 80 different Star Trek sound effects, (laughs) and each episode's about an hour and 20 minutes long, so it's actually quite a lot of the uh, Total Party Kill, our role-playing podcast, and and, uh, Random Trek uh crossover so there's plenty of interest for star trek fans and then if you occasionally dip into the star wars we did a commentary track for the empire strikes back john syracuse is on that dan morin's on that i'm on that and there's some other people on it too and you can just uh we talk about the movie while we're watching it so you can watch it and then it's like we're sitting right there with you except it's just your phone <laughs> that's a common mistake yeah. but it's like a, sitting with jason our voices generally just, just emit, are emitted from your phone right that's where i live i live in your phone
0: probably (laughs) i also live in your phone could you get a bigger phone because it's a little tight in here yeah well, that's so, right. Yes, yes. Uh, go ahead. Support a number of incomparable podcasts. I am not on the uh, Star Wars commentary, so if you mm. are uh, a super Scott McNulty fan for some reason, I don't think they exist. Yeah, uh, you, you just, check not be random, disappointed. just check the
1: random. Just check the random Trek box and listen to the TPK crossover in that Orville episode, and you'll get your right. Scott your Scott McNulty fix. Scott McNulty <laughs> fe- features prominently in our member specials because everybody loves Scott. That's right. Except for the I, I, fans of the Orville, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> well, there and some Star Trek fans do not like my mm. laissez-faire attitude towards not remembering characters' names. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, that's a common complaint. I have to Thank say. You. What What can I do? Uh, except write notes, which I, I don't use. Characters. The names internet in my notes.
1: is a, is a device created for people to show their superior, or superiority superiority <laughs> over other people through their knowledge of Star Trek. I find mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it is true.
0: And if if you you know kind listener this is a public service announcement if you feel the need to correct and this is not just me anyone who might say something about Star Trek and you think oh that is slightly wrong I should send them uh, 10 tweets to tell them why <laughs> it is slightly wrong and give numerous citations just don't do that I know it comes from a place of helpfulness but uh, just don't do
1: that I'm going to um I'm going to give one exception to the rule I'm going to give them a freebie Oh all right if anybody ever refers to Mr Spock As Doctor Spock, (laughs) bring down the hammer. Just kill them. Just just destroy them on the internet. Point and laugh and ruin them because that one is uh, that's a bridge too far. But otherwise, no. You should just let it go.
0: Right. I I I agree with that one exception uh, because that's just that's just just wrong.
1: Yeah, Uh Doctor Spock, Doctor Benjamin Spock. Uh, totally different, different different character entirely.
0: Star Trek would be quite different if Dr. Spock were the Spock character.
1: Yes, uh, and much less popular. That's true.
0: Although so, he probably would have maybe tried to help Captain Kirk. Speaking uh,
1: of of doctors, how about mm. Doctor Alpha, which is where the Burnhams Whoa. did their uh, research, and we get to see it, and we get to see a Klingon ship in this episode. Hi, this yeah. is me dragging you into perfe- uh, perpetual infinity. Now I was going to
0: say I, I like that segue because uh, that was like I was a, a perpetual
1: introduction to this episode. <laughs> it was a very long introduction. Right, yes, we we get to see
0: uh, Michael. So we start off with a flashback, uh, or it's not really a flashback. It's a uh, Michael Burnham, although we don't know this as we're watching it, is uh, remembering this, uh, and it is her. That's uh, a flashback that counts i i guess it's a flashback i was just thinking well i guess that is what a flashback later we review
1: log entries but here it's an actual flashback
0: this is this is in fact a flashback i thought uh no, no i'm just gonna stop myself now
1: okay so they're on the the
0: planet uh, vulcan uh this is where we find out so she doesn't know uh as little michael burnham that her parents are building a uh, time travel space suit uh, because how would you know uh and uh this is the the klingons appear and uh theoretically kill her father mm-hmm. uh, but not her mother so this is what we thought all along that both of her parents were killed people have seen both ba- bodies apparently um but uh, uh, Dr. Burnham. I don't know. Did they say
1: her first name? Yeah, and I didn't write it down. But She does have right. a first name, but they've referred Do- to her generally as Dr.
0: Burnham. Dr. Burnham uh, escapes in her time suit and uh, loads up the time crystal <laughs> and uh, flies off into... Well, she her plan, which I thought was pretty clever, is like, oh, no, the Klingons are here. They're clearly going to kill us because we have one phaser and they're a bunch of Klingons and they have a ship. Yeah. I'm going to go an hour back in time because I have a time machine. Yeah. And uh, warn us before the Klingons show up, which seems like a very reasonable plan to me.
1: Do you think that they knew that the, the Burnhams had a time machine and that's why it's called Dr. E. Alpha? Of <laughs> doctor who? Hmm. Uh, no, no, I don't. No. I didn't, that that's not. Me, I just. That's a. That's a free, stupid speculation item that I'm throwing out there for that. Yeah. So go back in time an hour it. and solve the problem, right?
0: Like, yes. There's a. Sadly, the problem is. Uh, I guess that her time suit was not. The kinks have not been worked out.
1: She gets shot suit. by a Klingon disruptor or something too, which I think oh, would, like messes help. everything up and and so she can't and she becomes unstuck in time. She gets sucked mm. sucked 950 years in the future. Which is where her anchor is, which I, uh, so they planted enough seeds in this season that I'm going to just, I want to mark that as maybe there's a reason the anchor is 950 years in the future. Uh, Maybe not, but I, I, it's a little thread of like, why did she get pulled to that particular point? And maybe that will be resolved.
0: And they don't make it clear why. Like why it is happening, let alone the the significance of 950 yeah. years. So maybe we'll find out something about that. Could um, be,
1: could be. But she she's witnessed there the destruction, as Spock has said before. Antimatter detonations. Everything's been wiped out by control. The AI that becomes uh, sentient and, and insane and decides to kill all living beings in the universe. And uh, and and that's when we learned that uh, time is pulling back against uh burnham's mom and uh she's gonna she's gonna be but i i think i guess we've jumped ahead a little bit but that's that's like this is this is what the universe of the future of the future's future is it's bad
0: Mm -hmm. it's bad it is not good not and and her dr burnham has dedicated her her the intervening 20 years, although it's unclear, for a time traveler, it's unclear how yeah. long she's been hopping around, right? She could have been doing that for hundreds of years. Yeah, 20 so.
1: years for Burnham. It's 841 um, time hops for her mom because there are mission logs that they downloaded from the suit. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it's very unkind un, uh, of them to leave her knocked out on the surface. Um, There's there's a lot. I, one of the problems. So this was a very exciting episode. One of the problems yes. I have with it. And I've had this a couple times in this season is seemingly desperate time critical situations. And everybody has a <laughs> sit down in mm-hmm. the in the in Pike's ready room. Or like you've been trying so hard to find out what the heck is going on with the red angel. And now you've just got her laying on the ground and you're not trying to wake her up. Or anything. She's just laying there while you have a conversation about what to do next and Burnham for five hours because Burnham's been unconscious for five hours. Like that part that 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 kind of bothered me. But um but I did like the design of the Doctari Alpha facility. It feels very Star Wars in a way that I, I kinda liked. That. The all white mm-hmm. Uh, you know, white walls and stuff like that. It was very interesting looking.
0: Very curved. I feel like there are a lot of curves in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Not so many. A lot of angles in Star Trek. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, And and so the other thing we we skipped over is, so at at the end of the last episode, I assumed, erroneously i believe that leland was killed by uh, spikes being jabbed into his yes, eye The uh, death uh, he- periscope <laughs> that's right but it was not apparently it's just a knock you out and cause extreme pain periscope and mm-hmm. then we strap you to this chair that we have laying around because it's a section 31 ship so of course they have those kinds of chairs yes. hanging out uh and we find out that the control which we knew i think uh shot that needle into leland's eye because control wants to take leland's body uh it has trouble with um emulating humans and so it wants to take leland's bodies and memory and figure out how to use it so that it can you know insidiously control all of starfleet
1: right and explains this as a hologram of burnham and pike and saru and then injects leland with nanites basically (laughs) and it uh he screams and his eyes turn black and it's very bad
0: It is not good. Mm -mm. And then
1: he... uh, Yeah, no, you don't want that to happen,
0: I feel like. Um, I was pretty sure he was dead, uh, but he was not. No. no, I guess now he
1: is. He's now dead, but possessed. And so we get kind of evil Leland representing the AI, which is, uh, you know, now... It's actually kind of better that rather than it being this guy who's sort of good, but sort of bad, now he can just be completely <laughs> be so full bad. on bad. And and that's good mm-hmm. for us as viewers, I suppose. Um, but th- this episode is very clever. And I think I've noticed this about the last few episodes that um, they want to be standalone-ish while telling this larger story, even in these big Mm -hmm. kind of story arc episodes. And so this episode establishes early on a couple of rules. One is that the universe is pulling back on Burnham's mom, and so she's going to get pulled back into the future, and there's a clock ticking. Mm -hmm. And it establishes the rule that the the murder sphere data... (laughs) From again, and talk about planting the seeds right that that globe the, the, that sphere that they met that was dying and transferred all that data that that data is the uh, ultimately the secret, and this has been mentioned before that's the that 's the secret to the control ai um, becoming completely sentient and and uh, undefeatable and destroying mm-hmm. all life. And so that's set up as, well, you know, uh, the bad guys want to steal it and you guys want to keep it or maybe send it away somewhere where it can't be stolen. And so fairly early on in this episode, they set up the the whole kind of like objective and structure. And I think that's effective. I think I have some quibbles with the feeling that, a lot of these episodes sort of arbitrarily just kind of insert what the the objective is at the beginning like like we're <laughs> playing a game or something it's like okay this level
0: you know what you need mission. to do
1: and then and then by the end it's like okay and now this has been resolved and and it feels a little artificial and that frustrates me i think that it could maybe be more artfully hopefully artfully woven throughout the season and there's instead it sort of comes in data dumps that said i do appreciate why they do it which is it does create a really cohesive episode where you get what the what the, everybody's trying to do and that's mm-hmm. pretty and, clear and that is and, true of this episode
0: Yes, and why they're doing it as well, right? So you mm-hmm. can say, "Oh, I understand why Leland, uh, the evil uh, control uh, meat puppet, it now wants to get that <laughs> uh, data because he wants to be sentient and destroy everybody." Right. Uh, right. And they sense. want to
1: send it away. Now, there are some computer issues here that, again, I turn to you um. as an IT professional to ask. Um, first off, if you can't delete it, but you can transfer it somewhere else, <laughs> is that I know this is like a transporter philosophy, but isn't that aren't you then deleting it? You're not keeping a copy, you're moving it then right. isn't that is that not deletion? So I feel like it is. I don't know how you can tr- not delete it but you can send it away. That's <laughs> oh. weird. Well, maybe it's just uh so it feels like this thing has a
0: little bit of its own sentience, right because it wants to protect itself, uh, so when they try to delete it, it creates firewalls and all this stuff, so maybe it's just looking out for self preservation so if it's being maybe. transferred it doesn 't care
1: maybe it, uh, maybe it set up sets up a little thing where it's like okay i will delete myself here at the end of this process once i'm transferred, and I 'll let you transfer me. That part is okay, mm-hmm. but it, it is that that seemed very strange to me the the whole idea that that moving we could, we can't delete this data. Um, but we can move it. Um, so uh, that, was, that was the Xeno encryption protocol, which I mm. thought was very cool because it was uh, a linguistic key that needs an ancient language to solve it. And I thought to myself, if only you had a time machine so you could go back in time <laughs> to the ancient language that is no longer spoken and decrypt the thing. But, um, you know, we never really did anything with that.
0: That I thought they might do that. Or if could only be. you have a, a giant... Uh cache of uh data that probably has that language in it but perhaps the the data the sphere data was also encrypted that so they couldn't it possibly would make sense possibly so it will will let let look of, look there's a lot there's a lot of computery
1: things that are that are we move very quickly through them cuz it really is just like let's use the computer to set up an obstacle and i'm okay exactly. with that i just i think it's kind of funny like that the, the writers think that um this sphere data is like a disc <laughs> in fact it would be better if it were a disc because then you could just like see it but instead it's just it, <laughs> it's, it's represented as being like a disc but uh in we're just transferring it and then it leads to all those questions of like well are you deleting it then in the transfer because I can copy files and they don't disappear when I copy what? them they are you sure Jason they, that's how what how copies work so that was weird oh. and the other moment where I had that at the moment of pause in this episode was when they're like Um, Oh, hey, I know how we can solve this. Uh, We can use dark matter particles. Remember those? (laughs) Those are from that asteroid, like in episode Mm -hmm. two, in order to beam Burnham's mom out of her time zone and all of that, which uh, happened very fast. And I thought, "Mm, wait a second now. And, And I did have, you know what? I had that moment, which is like, I guess okay Star Trek like it's Star Trek I get it I wanted (laughs) there to be I wanted it to be a little more justified I kind of wanted them to work the problem a little bit but obviously they didn't have time so instead Stamets is like I have a solution to a problem that's never been considered before and everybody goes (laughs) sounds good and that's it and they move on let's give it a try and then
0: Spock at the end of that scene says I like science I like science that was great
1: that was great I like science it's like yes yes we all like science I guess that was science. science
0: To that rescue? Science. yeah uh, pseudoscience i mm-hmm. think uh what well, y- y- yes there is a lot of questionable things i did appreciate so you know burnham dr burnham uh doesn't want to see michael burnham uh so she says oh i want to talk to captain pike so captain pike goes down and she basically is like you know I, well, there's a good scene. Uh, that is a good scene. And I liked, uh, she tells him a bunch of things about himself. And then she says, I can tell you more about your future, but you won't like it. So let's just go on. Uh, which was nice because, you know, we all know Captain Pike's future. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> um, but, uh, basically she says, you know, I have to. F- defeat control the only way to do that is uh, get rid of the sphere data so you should delete it which seems like a straightforward answer and I'm glad that they first at least attempted that uh, because it did seem that was what occurred to me is like if, if control wants this you should just get rid of it <laughs> right Uh, and you know instead of like trying to protect it and then they have that lovely that scene where i was going to call it lovely but i don't know if it's lovely uh uh, in the ready room of saru arguing against it uh being like basically you know it's our job to uh, starfleet officers preserve this 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 kind of data burning
1: the library at alexandria if we do this Mm -hmm. which is totally true and yet this knowledge is like the forbidden fruit right like this is too much knowledge in the wrong hands which we have created the wrong hands it will Mm -hmm. be used to destroy us and I like that Pike agrees to that. I I like, uh, Gabrielle, by the way, is her name, Dr. Burnham. Ah, thank you. Um, I like, uh, Sonia Sohn, who, who, uh, is, performs this part, uh, from The Wire. Um, she's great in that too. She's good in this. I enjoy, I enjoy her take on this. It is a fascinating thing where, um, she's been traveling through time, unstuck in time, and, uh, Burnham doesn't understand why she doesn't want to be, talk, talk to her. And, um, and so, yeah, that scene with Pike is great where she's like, I know everything about you and I know your future and you're not, you're not going to like it. You'll go back to the Enterprise soon. That was uh, pretty good. Um, but when she finally sees Michael late in the episode, um, I thought they, I mean, so I was complaining about the time travel mechanics last time because I felt like everybody was ignoring the fact that if it was truly Michael from the future uh, and Michael from the present was watching, then it doesn't doesn't really make any sense. And that really frustrated me. But I think they mm-hmm. did the time travel thing really well here. Where Sonya Sohn, you know uh, Gabrielle Burnham, doesn't she kind of doesn't want to put herself through talking to Michael because it's just another, from her perspective, it's just another avatar of Michael, and mm-hmm. she feels very much like she has already reconciled herself to the fact that she's going to have to go back in time and change the timeline again in a different way in order to try to solve this problem at which point this michael won't exist anymore Um, and she and and she goes into the details where she says you know i have seen your whole life but i've also seen you die countless times not just on vulcan um and you know and and this will be another one And I'll just have to go on. And it's my curse or whatever she says. It's my, this is my prison, I think she says. And I really like that idea that she is literally her daughter's guardian angel, but at the same time can basically never interact with her and has had to witness her demise in all these different ways. And that's like her her doom, her fate is that she can protect her daughter, but she can never... Um, really, be with her daughter because of mm-hmm. this thing that you know that causes her to cycle around times. I, I think it's a really kind of beautiful. I mean, it's terrible, but it's kind of a beautiful idea that this is. It, it's almost mythological in nature that this is her. Her power is her curse, which is that she can protect her daughter but not be with her. Yes, and
0: I, I appreciate that. I, I like. I, I think that uh, the actor did a great job of kind of selling this kind of very driven because we we find out one of the things even when she was making her time travel suit we find she was very determined and, yeah. and much and there was that scene where michael burnham and dr burnham were talking and she's dr burnham's basically like let it go uh stop being so annoying and michael burnham's like well where do you think i got this from yeah, i'm right. not letting it go my stubbornness
1: comes from you and it's like oh, exactly. okay you got me you got me uh,
0: and so she yeah, she's seen this all before i was hoping there would be a line of like you know we've had this conversation before or something like that um, but i guess it didn't really make sense because this is the first time they would have caught her so that wouldn't have made sense um but i did like that she's kind of just weary and she's on a mission she doesn't want to get attached to this michael burnham because she has watched i think she said she'd watched burnham die like a hundred times yeah. or something like that, and that yeah will, that, that'll have an effect
1: on when you're me, a ti- and when you're a time traveler like like she says to pike i think like you're basically all ghosts to me like I, I and, and it's not just that she's seen the future where everybody's dead, but she's seen, like literally everybody is dead, but she's seen so many versions of everybody through time and their life and their death that, you know, she's just kind of moved past it. And this is the person that, you know, Burnham wants, Michael Burnham wants to talk to her mom, but her mom however long she's been doing it whether it's been 20 years or who knows how many years but like this is all she's been doing and she her perspective on everybody is completely destroyed now because of Going, you know, backward and forward in time. And I, I feel like that's a pretty good take on what it would be like to be a time traveler, like in, in this kind of situation that in the end, it would be it's kind of like an, being an immortal, like it just completely changes your perspective on what regular lives are like, because you've seen so much in, in such a different way. Yes, um, and I,
0: I I thought that was a good payoff with because uh, you know our the last episode of Discovery we thought the plotting the plot was a little iffy, uh, but the character moments were very good. So I th- I was at least glad that the this payoff with uh, Doctor Burnham was good because I think the character it kind of explains a lot of stuff. She also casually explains the uh, saving the church uh, of yeah. people and bringing it to the planet that she's been stranded on. So I thought that was nice. that basically her kind of engineer mind. Like I need to figure out can I change the timeline so I will just save these people to figure out if I can do it and turns out
1: you can yeah I like that because I've been wondering all along like what what do the people in the church have to do with anything and what, uh, what Gabrielle Burnham says is she just did that as a test to see if she could change the timeline and it worked and so that gave her hope for um, th- to be able to avert this this uh, catastrophic future that she's seen Uh, In 950 years. I like that a lot. Um, Oh, I have another um, murder ball database (laughs) comment, which is, I have been assuming up to now. Okay, let's think about this. You get something, a data trove that is Mm -hmm. unlike anything ever. it's, It's, you know, whatever, thousands of years of data about the galaxy. Sure. and it's huge right so maybe you know it takes a long time to even transfer it between you know one ship and another or between a ship and a, a suit or whatever so maybe you can't do like long range download to starfleet of this data but i just i assumed that they had sent a disk right like sent a hard drive <laughs> to starfleet or that starfleet had sent like a, like a team to get the sphere data because like anything happens to discovery and this incredible database is lost, and yet we are also led to believe that the the Sphere data is, o- the only copy of it is on Discovery. And again, it's just like, I don't, mm-hmm. hmm, I don't think well, I, yeah. I believe that. I, I, would have, I would have accepted if they'd gone back like three or four episodes using their time suit and inserted in that episode, like we can't transfer it to Starfleet, it's not letting us, like, and planted the seed. But I think that's part of my frustration with some of these things that just suddenly emerge as a plot point in an episode, is that I really Mm -hmm. wish that they had planted that seed earlier, um, but they didn't. Well, oh, yeah. if you only have one copy of uh, data, you have uh, effectively no one is none. Of data. Yep, Two is one, exactly. and one is none. So why are they not backing up their systems and sending Starfleet the most valuable data ever received? <laughs> like, uh, like no, no, it's fine. We'll just hold on to it for a while. And no, <laughs> no, we need that data. But um, and they could have explained it away, but they never did, and that that kind of drove me crazy about it too. Like basically all the computer stuff, all the data core transfer stuff in this episode drove me batty. Um, but uh, the rest of it was good. And I, I imagine they must have people on Discovery. Like
0: there are there are a bunch of people we never see on Discovery, right? And they're doing whatever it is they're doing. I would imagine even let's say fine, they're just keeping one copy of this murder uh, sphere data on Discovery for whatever reason. People on Discovery should be analyzing it and creating like reports and sending things right. back so uh d- is that okay should they not be doing that because that's enough for control to uh, to do i don't know i don't know but they don't, they don't really talk about that I, so
1: i don't know um we got some good ash tyler in this episode where he he mm. he is um trying to make good decisions and uh leland yells at him Le- spirit <laughs> well, fake fake leland yells fake at leland. him and, and I, I will uh, say, does the right thing
0: Leland, uh, so after Leland is hijacked by Control, uh, he his manner changes, uh, mm-hmm. not completely, but enough to be noticeable, which I enjoyed, so kudos to the actor who plays Leland, I thought he did that well, uh, and enough that Georgiou and Ash Tyler kind of feel like something's up, but... Not they don 't really know what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, and so until they figure it out right uh, uh and so I, I I enjoyed that thing, and I also enjoyed the fact that it wasn't and, and I think this we've said this before, like discovery is is moving things along, so they could have uh, you know had had this you know undercover Leland happening for a while right uh, and, and, but no it's like a, by the you know three quarters of this episode, we know it's well, we knew what it happened, but everybody else knows that this right. is undercover Leland, there's a big fight, uh, and so he is uh, well, he's, he he escapes uh, at the end of the episode, but uh, so I liked that, it's like, very quick, he's the new bad guy uh, who is really the old bad guy, Control um, but we, you know, he's not going to sneak around as Control, so I liked it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, that was a good, again, like, moving it along I thought that was good, Um, and, and Ash gets to show his, um, trustworthiness right to that he he basically says this is a bad idea and Mm -hmm. uh and control leland does a very clever thing after pushing him to that point which is like no you're right you're right Uh, i'll get Mm -hmm. back to you which is very much like okay that didn't work (laughs) but i'm not going to push this because then the jig will be up and i thought that was a pretty good moment because you know ash is basically proving that he is loyal to starfleet and to burnham and to Pike, and that mm-hmm. there are things that Section Thirty-One can do that he's not gonna—he's not gonna go with. Um, and Giorgio does the same. Ultimately, how about that? Like, I think this is actually a great Giorgio <laughs> episode because we mm-hmm. get the the scenes with her and Gabrielle burnham and we get the scenes with her great and and uh leland and tyler um Mm -hmm. and and um with gabrielle burnham she she basically is like you sacrifice yourself many many times to save my daughter because you love her and um and leland tries to make it like you must eliminate her because she (laughs) is the only she will always be number one in michael's heart but the great moment is when is when Giorgio's like, you have me confused with my uh, my double, and and uh, Gabrielle Burnham's like, Nuh-uh. no, nope, I know exactly who you are. I know what I've seen. You are a big softy. Yeah, that's right. Which is so great because this is the you know Emperor of the Mirror Universe, and therefore very much bad and doesn't care about everyone. And because Gabrielle Burnham has seen all the different iterations of the timeline, she's like i know the truth
0: <laughs> i know that you're a
1: softie. i know you love her and mm-hmm. you can't you know it, you 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 would sacrifice yourself for her not for the universe but for her and mm-hmm. it's just like really unexpectedly a great giorgio episode also she gets to have a nice oh, fight a scene fight. with uh, mm-hmm. evil leland and that was uh that was awesome too because she's it's it almost, it almost feels like she's buying time like she's kind of like working on him and then he finally gets in some shots on her and she shakes her head out like to clear the you know clear the cobwebs and all that like it was really good 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 Michelle Yeoh in this episode really good
0: because he can't. She, she, Georgie would realize. Well, I can't really beat him because he's full of these, uh, you know, superpowered nanites. So I just need right. to slow him down so that uh, the the time band can snap the <laughs> the, sh- the suit back and and Doctor Burnham back, and right uh, then we can blow up the base
1: and everything will be fine. But he zapped the time crystal, Scott. The time crystal <laughs> got zapped, which oh, I, no, I, I guess crystal. means that she can't travel anymore. Because that was a that was a thing that we saw is that the time crystal got again and you just kind of well, got to go with it that i yeah and i was confused about so she
0: it, it snaps them both back she's not in the suit and they're sending the suit far into the future, to
1: the nine hundred to the anchor point, which is that in nine hundred fifty oh, okay. years so in the future. So I thought they were
0: sending it even further into the future. Well, okay, so so
1: the the plan was to send the data to the perpetual infinity. But um, after everything got wrecked, all they could really do was just turn just, off the barrier oh, yeah, and let and it let it, snap back. let it get snapped back to the anchor point. And even though she's not in the suit, she is of that uh, that time stream and so she gets pulled Uh, back is the idea so she'll show up with the
0: suit like next to the suit or something and and the time crystal will have a crack in it and so she won't be
1: able to come back. right so she may be in her tent on a the random class m planet with no technology but stranded there uh with the suit with no time crystal that that could be um and i um at that moment started to think about the short trek again and the idea that discovery is is you know has waited thousands of years in a in a nebula somewhere, and I, I, I again wonder if one of the solutions to this is not going to be traveling forward in time, in order to um oh. in order to reach her. But I don't I don't know. But um I don't know. That's that's uh that's basically also another. Uh, I'm going to put this in the conspiracy corner as well. Oh um the we'll suit have to fire off our conspiracy phaser. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the, uh, the red angel suit is Mm -hmm. DNA encoded. Yes. Uh, so, so, uh, Giorgio can't take it, but I have that, that moment I'm going to put again, put a little tab in it that, that, uh, as Dr. Culber told us earlier, very similar, bio signs between the mother and the daughter yeah, which
0: dr Culber was just covering up his mistake no these are these bio yeah, signs very it's t- similar yeah uh,
1: but but i had so i had that moment where they're like no no it's dna encoded and i thought mm, maybe michael burnham could use the red angel suit uh maybe we'll see that maybe we won't i don't know but i don't know it uh, i'm just throwing it out there as a as another uh, possibility for the That's resolution and, of this plot
0: and dr burnham is uh, a tragic figure right she's she's unstuck at times she's uh, there's a very touching scene where she basically tells Burnham, uh, you know, I, you, when you were, when you thought you were alone, and you were reading uh, Alice in Wonderland to your father and me, and we weren't there. I was there. I was always there. I've been kind of creepily watching you, and you cannot, <laughs> yeah. you know, you haven't seen me. It's so, uh, it's so ah, tragic, right? Because nice. she
1: can't, like I said earlier, she can't interact mm-hmm. with her daughter, but she does actually get to see her daughter's life, and then, and then be her guardian angel when mm-hmm. she, uh, she needs her.
0: And then she has to sacrifice herself at the end. One assumes that so she, Dr. Burnham, I don't think will willfully travel back with the the sphere data because she is uh con- that will give the opportunity for control to get it so i feel mm. like she's just gonna stay there now that i think i agree with you jason that that doesn't mean that michael burnham is not going to try and go get her mother and i think that's probably going to happen over the next mm. couple of episodes maybe the next season i don't know
1: yeah because uh, this is the this is the ultimate question of this season which is how do you defeat this control enemy from the future? whether it's the sphere data or something else, what, what, um, what Dr. Burnham lays down here is, um, she's tried all sorts of stuff and it, hasn't changed the future and as spock says in a very nice scene where he's setting up the chess board as burnham is mm-hmm. sort of laying on her side and crying he sets up the chess board and uh and then they they play some chess he says uh now does matter we only have now what we do now here in this moment is the power to determine the future the board is yours and this is the argument is we can figure this out We will find a solution and we will save the future, which I thought was a really great sort of scene right at the end. And that's, you know, with three episodes to go, like they have gotten to this point, which is we have, um, you know, this is we have to find a solution to what Michael's mother thinks is an intractable problem that they've never been able to solve before. They have to really think outside the box, I guess, in order to get this one solved.
0: And I, I did enjoy that scene because it, it plays on the scene where Spock knocks over the 3D chess set, and now he's right. setting it up, and mm-hmm. and they're they're all working together. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and, and I'm interested to see. I don't know how, where it's going to go in the next. What, we have three episodes left. Yeah. Is that right? So yeah. I I have no idea what what's going to happen.
1: No, but, uh, no, and, and in fact, um, not to not to reveal too much about the next time trailer, but the next time trailer is not at all what I expected because it seems like it's a um, a standalone-ish episode that is calling back to something that happened in like the second or third episode of this season. I'm sure it will all be, you know, it's going to have section 31 and it's going to be about the story arc but um, it's, I think, a sign that Either they had a plan all along, or they cleverly are using bits that were laid down <laughs> earlier in the season, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm not gonna for for those who who don't like to be spoiled by the oh, next yes, time I'm trailer, sure. I just uh yeah i I'll, I'll leave it there, but I was surprised oh. by the contents of the next time trailer because I was like, really?" Okay, interesting. (laughs) But that that does remind me of one thing
0: I did want to touch on, uh, is that up until this point of this episode, this episode answers a bunch of questions. Uh, And one question we had was, well, not one question, one assumption that they've been telling us is that the the signals, the seven signals that we got were related to... To the the Red Angel, uh, and so we're like, oh, okay, that they're, they're it's sending us to places. So clearly, this person from the future is uh, manipulating us for whatever means. Uh, and so, you know, Burnham, I forget, was a or Burnham. Somebody says to Doctor Burnham, "Well, what are what are those signals? What do they mean?" Uh, and she says. I don't know what you're talking about, so that's a big mystery still. Who's sending these signals? What, right. what do they
1: mean? Right, right. It, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, yet another theory that I'll throw out there Ooh. is that I still think there's going to be some time travel shenanigans where our characters are responsible for some part of what mm-hmm. we've seen this season. So maybe the Red Angel isn't Burnham, but you know, is it the discovery that ends up doing the signals or something like that? Maybe. I just I feel like there's going to be one of those twists. We're, we're still do one of those twists where mm-hmm. the solution, you know, it's a Back to the Future Part 2 kind of thing, where the solution <laughs> is that they have to change. And I, I guess we should say one of the bits of um, theorizing that I've seen out there, and I don't think they're going to do it, but we should mention it again, is... When time travel is involved, it's possible that part of the resolution here is that is that they will go back in time and rewrite some of what we've already seen. And I don't think they will, mostly because J.J. Abrams' films already sort of did that. And I think they're probably going to be reluctant to erase things we've seen because it feels right. kind of like a ripoff. But mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if we get some sort of like oh what we saw was because you know what we saw in episode one is actually caused by things that our characters do in episode 14 would not Mm -hmm. surprise me one bit because that's like if you're going to do time travel you got to do stuff like that that's what time travel stories are all about
0: and if you have one time travel suit you probably have more than one time travel Mm, suit so i think i feel and we know the klingons were investigating time machinery uh
1: so i think there are many ways that they could get back back to the future <laughs> maybe the uh yes that's right we gotta get back you know and and christopher lloyd played a klingon so it all, did. It makes, all makes sense, sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. maybe that uh that ai discovery the sentient discovery computer maybe that's their plan is that they they park the discovery somewhere for a thousand years go forward or for thousands of years go forward it's now sentient take it oh. back so it can defeat control Maybe that's oh, how they do it. Fight sentient AI with sentient with AI. With sentient AI, who also mm-hmm. likes to dance in Fred Astaire well, movies. We all have our quirks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, right. There's nothing wrong with dancing, Jason. No, there's nothing wrong with it at all. You save the universe <laughs> and have time to dance. I it's perfect. Everybody wins. So yeah, that that will probably not come back. But anyway, it's it's it's, it's a possibility. It's, it's I know. It, you.
0: I feel like it's your favorite conspiracy theory. You you want that that short trek
1: to be revisited somehow. Just connect all the short treks, except mm-hmm. for the one with that was the boring <laughs> one with Tilly. It's not that Maybe that's the
0: one that is the answer to it all could, of it. It that could planet. be.
1: It could be they have to go to that planet and it turns mm-hmm. out that the leader of that planet is a friend of ours because of Tilly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I I don't know. I I'm with you. That because it's time travel and also because they are doing this thing where they, um, I think maybe they got burned by the whole secret Klingon thing. And so what they've resolved is to sort of like do their information releases about what the episode is going to be about in the episode. So nobody Mm -hmm. can really guess because I feel very adrift at this point where, i have no idea what's going to go on next and i think part of it is because they are withholding information so that we don't guess and that that, that's why these first scenes of these episodes are oh let me tell you about what's going on and it's literally (laughs) just the rules of what we'll be seeing in this episode as you know bob yes exactly
0: i think you're right and uh yeah because i think people very quickly guessed the whole secret klingon thing and they did not uh appreciate you guessing their big mystery that uh they were building up to
1: the big reveal of so yeah uh, for the whole season and we we like guessed it in episode three and it's like mm, mm -hmm. mm. it's tough it is tough so but now Um, we've got uh what we've got we've got like giorgio and is she is she on the Discovery now? Did she get beamed up? Is she one of the beamer uppers? She ruppers? got beamed up
0: to the Discovery, and we've got uh, Tyler's Ash in a Tyler pod. Is in a pod, gutted Leland. like a
1: fish, but apparently mm. will probably you know be okay. He'll be, he'll be fine. You know, Culber is uh, there to heal
0: him. And and Leland is on a Section Thirty One ship. I don't know if they tell us the names of these Section Thirty One ships. Uh, and uh, has has what cloaked his warp draw uh, signature or something like that, so they can't follow him.
1: Yeah, basically the plot needs to get him out out of there so that he can cause more trouble later. Um, mm-hmm. Even though they blew up that whole facility, um, he got out in time, because of course he did.
0: Well, yeah, he's not going to... It would be a little... I I would have thought that was too quick
1: a resolution thought, for that, if they was like, well, he's dead. I thought it was possible that they would do that, because you still have control, um, and control from the future, and that they would try another vector, but clearly they want Leland to still be, the the actor to still be part of the the thing
0: and i think they want to play with the fact that you know leland the character up until control took him over was a complicated uh man uh who and i think control said this uh in its little monologue about you know i expect you to die mr leland (laughs) uh (laughs) uh, about how leland can have uh, several truths at the same time in his head uh which i thought was a good summary of his character yeah so they want to play around with that and uh show us that as you said earlier now he's just Evil, so uh, right. and we we know him, and uh, he'll show up again.
1: One yeah, imagines. yeah. So i I thought, like I said, I I, I did some eye rolling about some of the computer stuff and the dark matter stuff, but uh, you know, as an episode, like last. I liked it better than last week's, I think, because mm-hmm. I liked the action and I liked the character stuff and I wasn't quite as turned off by, like the characters all felt intelligent in this one. What bothered me last week is that I felt that there were very obvious time travel things that like literally nobody at Starfleet Academy, do they not show back to the future? <laughs> Just like, come on, it's basic time travel mechanics. You should really do this. This episode, although I rolled my eyes at some of the techno babble, um, I thought it was a lot better, um, and and because of the fate of Gabrielle Burnham and how uh, you know her her role taking care of her daughter but not being able to interact with her and uh some of the other character stuff and the the evil leland is a good performance and there's good spock and there's great giorgio in this and so Mm -hmm. i uh and and they gave saru something to do as an evil hologram because he doesn't do anything (laughs) in the episode which i was like you're saru for a long time i bet he doesn't have anything to do in this episode and so they had him do that uh but yeah so i liked it i liked it better than last week for sure
0: I did as well uh, I feel like it didn't have the it had all the nice character moments but it didn't have the the stupid plots uh, you know uh, character stupidity driven by yeah. plots uh, that was required of last last episode so
1: and and, and I bet Hooray. you if you ask the writers it would turn out that episode 10 is the pivot point where they needed to you know how you do that thing where you back up from episode mm-hmm. 14 which is your finale and you figure out well what needs to happen there and then how do you how do we get these pieces right? in that, the right place and then maybe episode 10 was that turn point where they had to like start putting all the pieces in place and those episodes you can you know, on some shows, on a lot of shows, you can see those episodes. It's the furniture moving. It's, it's, mm-hmm. They go from telling the story, the story of the beginning of the season, knowing vaguely where it's going, or maybe even specifically where it's going, to the point where they have to hit their outline of these five things need to happen. And, uh, and now we're on the downward slope from that, where now we're just kind of bu- building plot momentum uh, toward the finale. And the, that's good, because I don't like those episodes where they're, where they're moving <laughs> things around, and it's really annoying. And I'm, I'm happy to have them in the rearview mirror.
0: Me too. Yay. And I, I'm excited to see, I'm excited not to know what is going to happen and uh, not to have figured out any big secrets, I yeah. don't think. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, I mean, I did enjoy the first season, even though I we pretty much knew the big plot twist. Uh, it was fun to see it unfold, mm-hmm. um, but it's also fun not
1: to know. Well, I will tell you, not just because of this, not just because of our podcast together, although that is part of it, but this is one of the few shows I watch where I realize that it's uh, Thursday and I get excited cause it's Star Trek day. And in fact, oh. I will say I, on Wednesday, I will be like, Ooh, Star Trek tomorrow. <laughs> and that, you know, most, of, I watch a bunch of different shows and it's fine and all that. Uh-huh. And, and, and you know, maybe this is a downside of the binge culture that we're in that like a show is out there and you're like, Oh, I'll get to it eventually. But with Star Trek, um, and this season, it's definitely felt that way. I am very excited when Thursday at eight, p.m. Eastern it was actually more like 7.58 p.m. Eastern today Uh the episode uh, dropped and you get to watch it so um I'm I'm liking this season and uh I hope that they uh, I hope they stick the landing because that's the funny thing about last season is that the Mirror Universe stuff was really great. And then they got back to the regular universe and they had a couple of dumb episodes. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that we've gotten our dumb episodes out of the way and that it's building <laughs> to a real uh, kind of like exciting and emotional finale, which is clearly what they're going for is they want to join... As they should, the character arc and the emotional arc of these characters, and especially Michael Burnham, with the overall plot. And how can you do that better than having Burnham's long-lost mother be the central element? Because then she is both emotional and plot-driven. It's like, (laughs) I see what you did there, Star Trek. I see what you did. Yes. And I
0: feel like, once again, I'm going to say I enjoyed season one, but I I think season two feels to me as though they knew a little bit better what was going to happen over the course of the season and had a better idea of what arc they wanted and the themes, because it's clear that they were really hitting on the kind of family Family slash relationship Mm -hmm. themes, right? And so I don't think season one had that same resonance.
1: And it shows you, I, I think one of the things that I've worried about this season is, you know, as much as I like Pike and as much... Um, as I liked uh, Jason Isaacs in season one, Um, it is Burnham's show, right? Mm -hmm. She is the star. Sonequa Martin-Green is the star of the show. And this season, I think, has done a really good job of making Pike a great character, and everybody likes him, and he's really good. But burnham is the emotional center of the show and it's and and yes it's her mom in the suit right so of course she is but but burnham is the emotional center of the show so even though you've got a captain um how do you do a star trek show where the you have a captain but the captain is not the main character here's a great example of how you do that is that you have a key person and you make it about their personal arc as well as the storyline and you know it is i'm sure i'm sure there are examples where it could be done better but it is done very well here and um and so as much as i like pike being around this is not um you know it, it's burnham's show and it should be
0: yes and and martin green i think we said this last season is just fantastic as michael burnham i don't yeah. think we've said it enough in our podcasts this year but she's or this season i should say but she's she's doing a fan she continues yeah. to do a fantastic at job him. every scene that she is in is uh, enjoyable uh, and she's so good at have making you empathize with her
1: i want to do a, a actually a performance kind of praise moment here since we since we're on this subject so Suniko and martin green is great anson mount has been really great as pike doug jones mm-hmm. is saru like i i will hold to the fact that i think saru is one of the best characters ever in star trek and this season has not uh confused me or disabused me of that notion at all like he's such a great character and uh tilly is fantastic Mm-hmm. um they, they're like there are and, and then uh michelle yeah right as as giorgio what like there are some heavy hitters <laughs> in this cast the, and and they're they're to be praised like this is this is uh is it the best star trek cast ever i think maybe it is the best cast of a star trek tv show top to bottom um there's a lot of really really good actors putting on really good performances in uh discovery
0: and they don't have the thing where i feel like uh the first and two the first and second seasons of many star trek shows the actors still feel a little self-conscious and silly uh saying things like time crystals and what have you <laughs> uh, as as they should with the time crystal in particular but i feel like uh these actors um, well i think we're in a very different culture where you know geek culture is just kind of the norm now, right. so this it is more natural. Uh, but they're also just very talented, and so they they have gotten over that quicker than uh, perhaps previous casts have.
1: Oh, uh, by listener request, by the way, I'd like to inaugurate a, a very quick new segment on the podcast. I hope that's okay, <laughs> Scott. Before we go, uh, yeah, go ahead, and make it so. It is. It is. Where's Ticknataro? <laughs> and the answer is not in this episode again (laughs) i have a theory here's my theory um she's rewiring the discovery because it's a Uh mess because all stamets ever cares about her is stupid mushrooms and she has to fix everything Mm, but uh she's very busy that's yeah and on and tic was on stephen colbert the other day i think maybe last night and they showed a clip that i have not seen before and i i can summarize the clip as uh what's her what's her character's name oh, i can't remember now anyway she comes to sick bay uh with a like a hangnail and dr Culber <laughs> sprays something on it to make her boo-boo feel better and that's the whole clip and i was like yeah yeah but it's Tignataro. it's very entertaining <laughs> she's like oh it's it her and she's just like really anyway no Tignotaro in this episode i hope she comes back i've really enjoyed her uh appearances and uh i hope we see more of her I think we will, because ah. I think she's going to have a hangnail. Oh, this is a, a dispatch from the future. Yes. Oh, we'll yes, the Red angel, angel suit has messages for us.
0: <laughs> That's right. I've seen uh, seven red signals in mm-hmm. the sky here in Philadelphia, so that can only mean that the the Red Angel has a message for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it is Drink
1: Tea. Drink Tea. Tea, tea is the first initial of Tignataro, <laughs> and <laughs> the New Mexico Tea Company makes tea, and mtco.com. Thank you to them for sponsoring us. And... Uh, and we're about to say goodbye but before we do that I am going to now say something about the next time trailer just as a little teaser so tune out you won't miss anything else because then we're going to say goodbye but tune out Mm -hmm. when I say what I'm about to say about the next time trailer which is (laughs) Secret Klingon Baby
0: I did not think that was the last time we saw that Secret Klingon Baby Uh, the last time we saw it
1: well the secret is out the secret is out the Secret Klingon Baby is back baby
0: that's right and it's it's hungry for revenge.
1: <laughs> Rat the <of> Klingon baby
0: <laughs> oh, I think we're sleeping in the trailer though, so it's a sleepy cling on baby. Ooh, sleepy Klingon baby <laughs> <laughs>